Support for Two Beards, Please provided by Cedarburg Associates at Thriven Financial. While others see money as a goal, Cedarburg Associates see it as a tool for serving God, family, and community. Find out more by contacting Cedarburg Associates at 262-421-5467 or by emailing cedarburgassociates at thrivent.com. Hi, I'm Nate. And I'm Andrew. And welcome to our show, Two Beards, Please. We are two Wisconsin guys with houses full of women. Which sounded a lot better when we were in our 20s. We're both married with two daughters each, and we will be getting together monthly to talk about life, tell stories, and try to make each other laugh. And hopefully, you too. Hello and welcome to episode four. On this episode, this month, we are going to talk about pet peeves. Andrew and I both, we, we're like everybody. Everybody gets irritated by something or another. There's always something that gets on your nerves. Right. And usually if it happens more often than not, you would consider it a pet peeve. So yep. there's several that I want to talk about, and I'm sure you've got a few on your list. Yeah, as, as I was thinking about it, I had a hard time delineating between like pet peeves and then things that just make me angry. I got that too. And how I delineated that was things that consistently make me angry every single time. Mm-hmm. That is a pet peeve. Things that even just thinking about it get me fired right. up. Right. But not so angry that you want to punch somebody in the throat. Well, it depends. Sometimes, maybe. It really depends on the egregiousness of the <laughs> of the crime indiscrepancy yes. of yeah. <laughs> I um when when some... <laughs> I, yeah. When I started thinking about like what my pet peeves were, I was uh, I was having a hard time because I was I was talking with my wife, with Marsha, I was talking with Celia and Emma, my daughters, and came to the consensus that if I had to pick a list of things that are pet peeves of mine, it was hard. Because really, I just hate people. And so it just came down to like, well, Dad, it's going to be a really short episode if you just talk about your disdain for all people. It's not going to be very funny, for one, or very exciting. So we had to redefine pet peeves. Narrowed it a little bit. Right. Narrowed down to like just those kind of things that you're like, you roll your eyes or you take a deep breath and you get a little like grumbly or, you know, and and it's usually things that happen, for me anyway, the the list that I came up with is a lot of times it's things that happen happen with people you're closest with right so it's your family or your friends or that kind of thing where it's like just getting angry at things is like a different than a pet peeve and i think you hit it on the head where when it happens over and over and over and over and over again (laughs) it becomes a pet peeve because you're just like how can this not stop why can't we not stop this from happening it gets to be a little much right and a lot of these things are obviously things outside of our control i'm going to start us off on this one my first one which i think a lot of people will relate to are crummy drivers <laughs> yes and i've got i've got some specifics that i okay. want to talk about all right one of the things that drives me nuts that's a huge pet peeve of mine not only when i'm behind somebody that's doing this but if i'm riding with somebody that's also doing okay. this it drives me up the wall okay and that's camping in the left lane oh man left lane drivers get out of the left lane <laughs> if, if you're on the highway if, if you're on city streets it's fine because i understand people need to turn turn point, left yeah. or th- there, there's a legitimate reason for being right. in the left lane right. if you're on the highway unless right. you're passing right. yes. at a rate of speed where you're passing multiple cars or a car get out of the left lane that drives me up the wall i would even argue that even if you're traveling at an extremely high rate of speed if you're not passing somebody get over you should be in the right lane because chances are i'm traveling at an even higher rate of speed you're going vertical (laughs) right i've gone vertical and want to get by you 
To understand what going vertical means, please listen to episode two. Two, yes, episode two. <laughs> Go do that now. Driver's Ed, and we'll wait for you. And we're back. We're back. <laughs> so I actually have, I've got a few themes and I've got All right. few, some specifics under this. So uh, again, under the crummy drivers, mm-hmm. people that in good driving conditions mm-hmm. that slow down into a turn. Oh, sure. So if we're going on a major thoroughfare and somebody's trying to turn, there's no other cars there at the intersection mm-hmm. and they're lollygagging it through the turn <laughs> right. and I'm trying to get through. Right. Get out of my way. Right, right. Like, let's complete the turn <laughs> so, yeah. this, this month, yeah. Grandpa. And yeah. Accelerate into the turn. Yes. You, you can you can goose it a little bit. Right. Get, get, get your butt out of the traffic. And it never ceases to frustrate me to no end. And there may be a theme to this where I just want people to get out of yeah, my way. Get out of your way, yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Here's one that is a little contradictory to the first okay. two because All this right. is me trying to get out of somebody else's way. All right. I've had this happen to me recently a few times. Okay. This is when people blow by me when I'm trying to parallel park. Oh, give yeah. me Give me two minutes. <laughs> let me get into this spot, and then you can go. This right. I'm a very good parallel parker. Sure. I can do it well. I've done it a million Which, times. You have to go past the car. I gotta go past the car, and I do. I do it correctly. I I I put my signal on and make sure that everybody's aware of what I'm doing. Then you got the jerk behind you that just can't wait thirty seconds and has to. That's the only time I do have patience when I see somebody parking because okay, you understand? Fine, I get it. Yeah, you got to take a minute. It it really drives me. Yeah, I think you you don't save that much time, (laughs) and you're endangering me. You're endangering the oncoming traffic, and it just. It, I think what it comes down to is like you want to be courteous, right? Yeah. So you you will be courteous to someone, right? And you want some people to be courteous to you. So get out of the left lane. It's yeah. just a courtesy to get yep. out of the left lane. My favorite is when people are going like on a boulevard, you know, like a four lane with a turn lane or a boulevard in the middle and they're coming across to go say south and you're traveling north yeah and they pull into the middle but they like leave hang their, their tail back out. end out yeah. into the yeah boy that makes me <laughs> It makes me really Crispy. angry. Yeah, yeah. Very. Sometimes, um, much to I lay on the horn. Yeah, and my much to my family's detriment, I'll speed up a little bit and get r- as close as I possibly can <laughs> to the back of the car, and their eyes get really big. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. The, but again, it's a courtesy. Like, if you can't make it all the way through, yeah, don't go out there. Like, it, don't block traffic. Right. I just people don't think. And the right. other, the last one I had under crummy driving, oh. on and off ramp etiquette. Yes. Oh, the on ramp is an acceleration ramp. Yes. It is designed for you to get up to freeway speed Before. so that you can merge into the traffic. You right. don't lollygag right. your way down or yep. it's like people are stopping to smell the roses right. on the on ramp. Get up to 70 and get into so that lane. Yes, right. because it's on you. You have to yield the right of way right. to the people that are on the highway, right. and you got to fit yourself in there. You, yeah. You know, would it be nice if people moved over? Yeah, sure. it would be nice, sure. but it's on you to match that right. speed yes. and fit yourself in there. And much the same. So the off ramp is designed so that you can decelerate right. the entire length of the off ramp. So people that slow down to thirty, right before, before they the get ramp, off, yes. Oh man, 
unless it's a clo- one of those cloverleaf ramps, which you got to slow down to twenty five. Right, but usually, even then, they have like a. a there's occasionally, a, yeah. There's occasionally right. a deceleration lane. Right. However, there are some lanes where I've seen a few of those where it's a pretty sharp turn almost immediately. So I I get okay slowing down a little bit before okay, you get on. Exception it. to the rule. The, the exception, yeah. Right. But use the ramps in the appropriate manner in which they were designed. So now all of these driving pet peeves of yours, I yes. have. I mean, my list would look very similar. <laughs> How have you, when you've had these things happen to you, how have you dealt with that? Um, Do you have any stories of, I don't want to say road rage, because I don't think that either of us are like so, I mean, maybe me, but are so angry that we would like road rage anybody? I mean, I've never like actually. No, as you know, far as gotten out of the car and no, screamed at anybody. Ta- or taking that, road right. rage to that level, I have not. I've right. definitely screamed and sometimes sure. including some salty language and some appropriate fingers. Occasionally, being held in the a air, gesture right. or two. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. However, I have not followed anybody. I haven't okay. yelled out the window sure. at anybody. I've been yelled at at oh, uh, out of somebody's window sure. from a couple times, I but have, I as well. Yeah, I, I, I use I, the horn a lot. Yeah, the horn's I, my friend. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, occasionally, there's been a couple of instances where I'm waiting at a turn where there's no like turn lane to turn onto a street. Right, you're turning into traffic. Yeah. And people will be behind me, and and like there's cars coming, and so you can't. Yeah, so you it's can't not like go. you can turn and then merge. You have to turn until you gotta wait. And they're getting antsy. And they're getting antsy. So what I've done a couple of times is turned in, and then they follow me, and then I slow down to like <laughs> just below the speed limit. <laughs> Right? <laughs> there may or may not have been an instance where instead of going south on the highway to home, I went north because I saw that he was going to turn north. <laughs> I may have broken. So I may a have, little bit yeah, of a jerk. And I may, yeah, yeah. And I may have broken your on-ramp etiquette a little bit at <laughs> that instance. But As far as people camping in the left lane, I have done the flash the lights. Or sure. This isn't safe, but riding somebody's tail yeah yeah but, it's yeah, yeah it's just it's so to, frustrating it is and so fr- second on my list and this happens every single year oh it's an annual every FD. every year in multiple times throughout the year and this is the news media coverage during weather events oh yeah and especially during the winter again we we always get these snowmageddon predictions every time this happens they have news coverage out at the salting locations where the salt trucks are being filled Look, showing showing a mountain of salt yeah and showing showing the roads interviewing people about the weather come on this, this doesn't really make me angry so much as this is irritation we live in wisconsin right, this yes. is not a news right. story this is not right. news Find something else. It snows. Yeah, no kidding. And and it's not like, here's the big thing, is that everybody always has to be, get prepared for these blizzards. We have the infrastructure to clear snow within (laughs) hours of it falling. We're not going to get snowed in. We're not going to get, okay, I'm all for being prepared for things, and you should have stuff in your home pantry, but it's not like if the South were hit with a snowstorm that lasted for a week, they would be crippled. Well, and here's the thing. Like, if you you don't have enough basic nutrients in your house to last a 12-hour period. That's a Darwin Award right there. Right. Like, come on. (laughs) And I'd be remiss to think that in the state of Wisconsin, there would be more than a 12-hour period where the roads are impassable, right? Yeah, it would shock me. Right. I was up north 
yesterday. So mm-hmm. for those of you listening, this was early March at my dad's in central Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the evening, we were at a banquet I had attended with some okay. friends of mine from high school. This is the lumberjack picture we, I saw the yes. other day? Yeah, yeah. and okay. I'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that in another episode, but we're going to need to debrief on this one completely because we, we had an interesting time. Well, we when we got there, it had started sleeting a little bit, and then it turned into freezing rain, mm-hmm. and then it turned into snow. So by the time we left, we had gotten there around 4.30. By the time we left at 9, 9.30, we had probably three or four four inches of snow sure. this is an area where you know country roads yeah. aren't plowed right. super well right. initially and in a lot of spots you'll get drifting over the roads which is it can be present yeah, a dangerous situation sure. so it took us a while to get home but when i drove back this morning it still wasn't great but the roads are passable with two stops it still took us two hours and 15 sure. minutes to make a trip that's sure. normally right around two hours it's it's not like and that was again it was a small snow amount but you know people get real overworked about any little Right. thing any little weather event i went happen. to i went to grad school in ohio uh southern ohio so right on the kentucky border and yep. i lived in cincinnati um which is you can spit into kentucky from cincinnati you know i went to school at miami of ohio which is an hour northwest of cincinnati but if it just sneezed snow in cincinnati they would shut the everything would shut down right, right. and it, it isn't because you know oh my gosh it's snow it's exactly what you talked about they don't have the infrastructure they don't to have to clear it so like they would the put plows trucks. in front of their yeah and the plow, their their plow trucks are their trash, their yeah, garbage, garbage trucks, trucks yep. right? And so they don't have the capacity mm-hmm. to clear the snow, so they just shut it down for a couple of days, yeah. right? Um, but here in Wisconsin, and I don't know that I've that I can ever remember there being some sort of shocking snow event. Oh my gosh, I didn't think it was going to snow five inches. You know, we thought it was going to be eighty and sunny, right? So except for the time when your dad was kicking the head of lettuce. Well, I think maybe the head of lettuce kicking um, was due to the fact that my dad decided not to go out and yeah. get some food until four so, hours after the storm so had there, started. there was enough notice. He just didn't right. heed yes. the notice. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure okay. there was days of notice. Yeah. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I'm all about we need to know something's sure. coming and we, sure. need, you know, we want people to be safe right. and people to be able to plan ahead. but. Every time it snows in Wisconsin, it seems like <laughs> right. the this news is... media. I've stopped watching any news altogether sure. for the last probably two years. It just drives me up the wall. Yep, I agree. What else do you have? All right, so the other thing that really, really drives me crazy. I checked before we left for church, I checked our pantry to confirm that I'm not crazy. Basically, what happens in our house Well, you is, are crazy, but... Well, I am crazy, but anyway, not, not crazy, but yeah. Regarding so, this Regarding this issue. issue. So I don't go grocery shopping. I know the reason why. Well, I mean, I don't like it, first of all. I used to be sent grocery shopping, and I would come home with, like, 90 rolls of toilet paper and 15 <laughs> bags of Doritos and nothing else. Right? I know, and I'd, I'd get home, and she'd be like, Where's all the stuff on the list? Yeah, and, yeah, the, the list I emailed you or texted you or gave you or handed you. And I'd be like, oh, I was in the aisle, and it was Doritos, Doritos and the cart was full. So I figured we needed toilet paper. Um <laughs> <laughs> so she doesn't send me grocery shop anymore, which, of course, mission accomplished, right? I didn't really want to go shop in the first place. Right. But what happens in our house is Marsha has a standard list. 80% of the list is the exact same thing every week. Right. It's right? the basics. The, the basic, essentials. I mean, yeah. Yep. And one of those essentials is peanut butter. Yep. Right? We go through a ton of peanut butter in our house. The girls, we peanut butter and jelly. We put peanut butter on just about everything. She just standard gets a big jar of peanut butter every time she goes grocery shopping. Yep. To the point where we have like seven jars of peanut butter in our pantry. 
Now, as someone who's like a borderline prepper, <laughs> you would understand seven jars of peanut butter, right? For you, it's like, well, I'm just being prepared, right? Redundancy, which, I mean, whatever. I, I mean, I can well, understand that, right? Not but, quite seven, but yeah, I can see two, or, like two, two or, three. or three. Yeah. Um, this morning I counted four or five, but it, there has been seven <laughs> at one time. Our peanut butter jar problem is that all of them but the brand new one are open and half eaten. Oh, that would drive me up the wall. Right? And so instead of... Like, okay, if you want to buy a jar of peanut butter every week, fine. But instead of, like, finishing the jar that's half full, she'll be, like, open a new one because she'll be unpacking the groceries and want some peanut butter on something. Crack open the new jar and then put it in the pantry right in front of the other three jars that are open and half eaten. So, And it drives me crazy. And it's the peanut butter's the biggest culprit, right? For some reason, it's peanut butter. We have so many, but it's everything is like that. So out of the four jars of the peanut butter, how many were open? All but one. Three three open, half full, and one <laughs> brand new one because she went shopping before she left. We've got a similar situation, except it's in reverse. I've got a little bit of a pet peeve that's associated with this where we keep the full jars in the pantry closet. Mm-hmm. And then when we open one, we put it up in, in the shelf sure. in the kitchen, which you know we pull from right. and, and use it off, off the shelf. What drives me nuts is when you get the jar to the point where you can't get anything right. else out of that jar right. and it's right. still in the cabinet there. It's like, are you kidding me? They've taken like I'm a plastic waste. cooking spatula and yeah. scraped so, every so, ounce of peanut so, butter out well, of it. Well, that time. would be the, the, the next step and you <laughs> yeah. get maybe a half a spoonful <laughs> right, out right, of there. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to go through all that effort to get that little, no, throw, the, throw away it away at this point right. and get a new jar right. open. It right. drives me up the wall. Right. I don't know what it is. I have some theories on why it happens, and I think the biggest thing is it's some sort of like time-saving thing for her, I think, or something. So it happens with everything. So like honey, we buy big jars of honey, and we transfer from the big jar of honey to a little thing of honey to use, yeah. right? Yep. And so I notice that the big jar is almost empty, so I'll go buy a new big jar of honey, and I'll come home the day later, and the big, the new one's open. And there's still and some in the other filled, one. And it's been filled, yeah, used to fill. And I'm like, why? Well, it's you know, the little one, it takes longer to get it all out of there. The new one, you just pours right out. I'm like, I understand that. but <laughs> Take five seconds and... <laughs> empty the honey empty out of the out. whole, finish especially, one thing. Just especially finish one thing. honey, because, and this we'll get into this with some of our nerd tendencies, right. but... Yeah, you know, when it comes to honey, you and I are on the same page right. that it needs to be quality yes, product, right. and you don't want to you waste want to any sit of that. There for, yeah. You don't want it to sit there for two years because you have seven open jars of honey. Right, exactly. All right, what do you got? So I've got one more that actually I've got two more. The next theme I have is tied to communication. Okay, uh, I have a few of those too, so it'll be a good. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few points under here. One is when my kids mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. interrupt me oh, when man. I'm having a conversation with my wife or with somebody else. Number two on my list, interrupting conversations. <laughs> I have regularly used this line, I'm sorry that the middle of my sentence interrupted the beginning of yours. Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to have to use that. <laughs> that's really good. I like that. Yeah. I'll usually go, oh, I'm sorry. You're gonna. What you have to say is more important than what I'm already saying? I'll just yeah. wait. And then they get, they're like, oh, geez, I'm really sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite too is not only interrupting, but then interrupting what I'm saying because they think they know what I'm going to finish oh, yeah. saying. Yep. So they'll interrupt me and then finish my sentence, but it'll be nothing like what I was going right. to say. Right. Yeah. 
And typically, the way I've had that happen, the a way lot my too. kids are, they always expect that I'm going to say the worst. So they'll be like, "Yeah, you know, I know," and here's the consequence or whatever. And and it's way worse than what I was going to say. I'll just let it. So go. at that uh, point, yeah, yeah go okay. for it. Yeah, <laughs> if you say so. No, yeah. well, for me, it's like I'm trying to get a point across. This is my youngest, girly number two, <laughs> is notorious for this. She'll start and she'll keep going. I'm going to say right. no. Not necessarily tied to punishment, sure. but if I'm trying or to anything, talk right. about something, it's like, no, just stop talking and let me finish my point. If just you, stop yeah, talking. If you stop and listen, you will know exactly what it means. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. There will be no doubt. I will not be vague. That yeah. was one of my biggest ones. That That's a huge one for me. Another one tied to communication is back and forth emails. And this is more <laughs> in the business sure. world. and But I, I suppose it can be in private world as sure. well. But sure, sure. either back and forth with emails or text messages when a phone call would wrap it up. You, yes. There are people that will spend hours and hours yeah. replying and re-replying to emails or text messages when it could yep. the conversation could have been done in five minutes on yep. a phone Under call. Under five-minute phone call, everybody yes. knows exactly what's going on. And you're all on yeah. the same page. Yep. You and I, we text back and forth sure. quite a bit. Sure. But we also have times when, hey, let me call you yep. or you're like, let me call yep. me. And get we, get on, we get on a phone call and we hash things <laughs> out yep. which over text messaging it would have taken forever three days we'd yes. still be working it out and i think it's generational to a point um, i don't know that it is well i think the inability to talk on the phone is generational i think the that farther, i that i'll agree the with. farther generations get away from i'd say ours generation is probably the last generation that remembers what it was like before text messages right, right. so yep. when i was 15 i had to call that's you, all we right? had i had yep. to call it was you, right and phone. Yep. so i think newer generations have forgot what it's even like to talk on the phone i understand that it's somewhat inconvenient to talk or that maybe like you have some sort of social anxiety and like voices freak you out right. i don't know whatever but like um <laughs> at some point you just need to call Say four sentences, agree, and then right. hang up, and then move on with your life. With my kids, they're, I've got one of each. Mm-hmm. The youngest loves talking on the phone, can yeah. ha- hold a conversation, yeah. has no problems. Natalie, on the other hand, yeah. struggles, and she doesn't like talking on the yep. phone. She doesn't like calling people. Yep. She doesn't, especially doesn't like calling people her age without texting them first to make <laughs> sure that they're available to take a phone call. Right. Because apparently it's rude, rude. air quotes, right. to just call somebody. And that may be true, but sure. there are times when I just don't care. Right. And <laughs> there are also times when she is grounded from her phone where she's not able to use ah, yeah. all of the functionality sure. of the phone sure. except for as a phone. Right. So she is learning one way or the other how to have those conversations. Yeah, so. I think at my so my situation is the same. So Celia, my youngest, um, loves talking on the phone. Like She'll talk to grandma on the phone yep. for hours she'll emma's much as much like natalie she doesn't like talking on the phone um, but she is constantly texting and I, right. I wonder like you know you could save an hour of texting by one phone call but whatever it is what it is the thing that bothers me about emails and texting two things one i hate when people use email as text message so i find this with my students a yeah. lot to me an email is almost more formal Right? It should it's be more a, like letter. a letter. Yep. So you should use my name as the intro, like when you're addressing me, and you should sign it with your name. And so I have lots of students that, again, gen- I'm sure it's generational, but I have lots of students that don't do that. So they'll send me an email and just like blurt out a question. Okay. 
Yeah, or just like, so let's not even get into abbreviations. <laughs> we don't have enough time. There's not enough time in the world for me to talk about that. <laughs> but to me, email is not a text message. It's more of a formal right. form of communication. Yep. The other thing that bothers me is, again, so abbreviating, but Emma is part of that generation. My dad takes students, high school students, and Natalie's part of this generation now too, takes high school students to D.C. every year. Part of this um, Washington seminar, it's called. So it's a bunch of high school students that are in AP government classes, and they have to go out to Washington, D.C. and set up interviews with lobbyists and senators and all kinds of things to do their research project. Sure. And so my dad's been doing it for like 20 years, and he's he is amazed at how this new generation is inability to call a senator's office and set up an appointment. And so they'll get prepped for D.C., and they'll always ask my, well, can I just get his email to email them to set up an appointment? But that's like, <laughs> no, you can call them to set up an appointment. And it's gotten so bad now that he has students that want to just email the questions and then get and an email response. response back. Yeah, not right? even talk to somebody. Right. Yep. And so th- there's this weird shift now, right, in this generation. And, and I think it's going to start affecting everything. So, like, you know, if, if journalism is just a series of emails and there's no face-to-face interview or even a phone interview where you can, especially when you're talking to someone to try to get to know information like you read body language yeah. or you read yep. signals in their voice right and it can lead you down different paths where well, you can't do any of that i think it's already there i think you see a lot of lazy reporting and a lot sure. of lazy journalists and you call it lazy or call it whatever right. whatever you want to call it but it's not like it used to be sure. where you're asking and getting answered tough questions and right. really holding people's feet to the fire yep. for things yeah and holding people accountable for things yeah right? exactly absolutely all right last one i have under communication is and i see this all the time and it's not necessarily specific to one thing or another but right. people who use social media to argue a point oh I was just talking with somebody about this the other day. (laughs) There's not one thing anybody can post on social media that is going to change the mind of anybody else about anything. Right. Stick to the cat videos and (laughs) the Let's like share pictures of things we love. Cute babies. Right. Stop arguing on the Promote two beards, please. Yes. Yes. Share our (laughs) link. Share our page. Don't argue with anybody. Just share our stuff. Yes. Be happy. (laughs) No, there's arguing on the internet. It's a lose-lose situation. It's it's ridiculous. Because all you're going to do, because you can't generate tone. There's no room for mutual respect. Right. When you're arguing with someone who's faceless, even if you know the person and you're arguing on social media, there's no interaction. Right. So then you can't respect them because you don't have any idea of what they actually think. You know, if you're in a room with somebody and you have the potential for getting punched in the throat right, for right. something stupid, you, you maybe say, won't say some things. It's it's real tough, you <laughs> right. know, real easy to be a tough guy behind right. a keyboard. Right. But if you're in a room with somebody and you're talking trash to that person, yep. you may think twice about doing that. Right. And I just think that it's again, you know, not to get too far down that rabbit hole, but it, it, I was always taught that you can disagree with someone and still respect them as a person. Yeah. Right, and that's been lost, I think. Well, I think, and I don't want to get into this Mm -hmm. discussion right now, but I think in a lot of worldview topics, I think you and I disagree. Absolutely. uh, On, (laughs) (laughs) we have different viewpoints on a lot of them. Yes. But here we are. Right. You know, we're we've been friends for for a long time, twenty some years, almost thirty years. We've never agreed on stuff. (laughs) And we've never agreed on this stuff. Right. Yet we're still very good friends. Yep. So. All right, so I got a couple more pet peeves of mine. Sure. A lot of them, again, seem seem to revolve around my family. Um, <laughs> so I apologize 
my family, but you know, you know, they're family. So it is <laughs> at our house. When the dishwasher's clean, there's two green lights. And when you see the two green lights, it means that everything in the dishwasher is clean, right? It seems to be pretty it, clear. It's simple, right? It's simple, simple code. Two yep. green lights, clean dishwasher. Yep. But if you open the dishwasher and take out a plate and a fork and a knife and a glass for dinner and then close the dishwasher, the dishwasher thinks... Now it looks like it's dirty again. Right. And so it drives me... Like, if you're going to open the dishwasher, <laughs> empty the dishwasher. Because now I come home and, like, well, the lights aren't on. And I, but everything seems to be clean. But we're not... We're. But you I, don't know. I don't know. And, I, and I'm really OCD, so, like, you have to rinse all the dishes before you put them in the dishwasher for me. See, I don't... I don't think you're supposed to do that. I understand. But anyway. I, I, we don't I, have to get into an argument about this. I disagree. Because, yeah, I'm going to post this on Facebook. <laughs> it's really hard for me to tell if they're clean or not. Yeah. And so it drives me crazy. The, so My solution is always, if you're going to open the dishwasher, empty it. If you don't want to take the time to empty it and put everything away, just grab a new plate out of the cupboard. Right. Don't like, grab it out of the dishwasher. Don't grab it out of the dishwasher. Yes. It drives me nuts. We have a dishwasher, too. Her name's Natalie. Right. Yes. So. Yeah. We, we've got a little bit of a smaller kitchen in the when we bought the house it did not have a dishwasher okay. we don't have room really to put one in sure so that's fine we'll live here till the girls are out of, out on college on and their then own. we'll just use paper plates well no then we're going to move into a condo <laughs> oh, that right. has a dishwasher right, right. so she'll do the dishes here yeah. and again this is related to your story about the the dishwasher pet peeve she'll do and this is what drives me nuts because she, I know she gets this from me. She'll, <laughs> she'll only do part of the dishes. Nah. She'll leave. You know, she'll do it until uh, the drying racks are full. Right. And there'll still be crap on the counter. Yes. Or she'll do everything except for the pots and pans. Or everything but the silverware. Or, it takes longer well, to do the silverware. No, the or... silverware always gets done. Okay. And most of the glassware. Sure. But it's more like pots yeah. and pans don't get done. Last night she did dishes and there's like a colander and yeah, some water bottles stuff. and yeah. plastic stuff over there. Stuff that's hard to wash. It's, yeah. it's like just... Okay, I get it. We've got a smaller kitchen, but we've got ways of, of doing this. And, and I understand her approach with this because I typically do this we'll do where thing, yeah. I, I, I'll do it until the drying rack is full and then be done with it too. Right. But then I'll go back and redo. Empty the drying point. rack and fill it again. Well, right. I don't like drying dishes because when I was growing up. Well, I'm saying, up, but you'll empty the dry dishes. Yeah. Yep. And then you'll the do the rest of them and yep. fill the drying rack again. Correct. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. So, Let's see. What else do I have on my list? Oh, so, again, a lot of this has to do with my OCD, I think, too. If you look at the inside of my car, even on a worse day, as far as, like, dirty car inside, and you look at the inside of Marsha's car, you would have thought that there was a murder that happened inside <laughs> In of her, her car. car. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. You know, when the kids were younger. Well, there was um, an excuse. Right. When the kids were younger, I worked farther away, and I had to leave much earlier, so she would take both the kids to school. Yep. I'd say majority of the time, both kids in her car, you know, both at the age where they had to be in the back seat. We never leave enough time to, like, eat breakfast at home, so they got to bring breakfast in the car or whatever it is. So, I mean, I get it. But, like, the thing that drives me nuts about stuff in my car is all three of the girls in my family will, whenever we go on a road trip or we're going somewhere, they'll leave stuff in the doors. Yeah. Of the car. So there's each door, front door and back doors, they each have a cup holder in the door. So there's inevitably McDonald's cup or a water bottle or something in the cup holder. And then there's a little tray on the bottom of the door. So there's always like wrappers or like little toys or something. And then where the handles are, which are not actually trays, they're handles. Yeah, door handles. Door handles.
girls will have sunglasses or like a broken necklace. It just drives me crazy. And I don't notice it right away because when I get in the car, I just get in the driver's side. side. I get in and I drive away. Yep. So then then I'll look over and I'll be like. (laughs) Or you have somebody else ride with you and it's like embarrassing because you got all this crap. Right. There's like dirty Kleenex stuffed into the door handle and they try to close the door. Yeah. It drives me crazy. I tried to find ways to like politely combat this problem. So I have, I bought a small trash can and literally bungeed in it into the car. No, so that doesn't work. No. So that, that's empty. Right. Right. But there's trash everywhere. Everywhere else. else right. Yep. It drives me a little crazy. So the best I found is I keep a bag, one of those small plastic grocery bags. Yeah. yeah. I keep one or two in the car with me. And then every time I'd stop for gas, I load it up with all the junk that's left and I throw it out. I know. I hate it. I just be swearing. I was, I'm collecting all their crap. So I used to be more like your wife, Marsha, oh, where yeah. with my previous cars, yeah. where it was a junk pile. Sure. I mean, I remember <laughs> we got more stories with that. But yeah. I used to be like that too in my own car. Yeah. Right? I was like that until I got the last car I had was the Mustang. Mustang. Sure. And once I got that, I was more motivated yeah. to keep that nice and clean. And I kind of carried that over to my current vehicle, the Explorer. So, sure. but yeah, I, I fully understand. When what I you was, have uh, there. when I was still a smoker, right? So years ago when I was smoking, Marlboro used to do points on packs. Yeah. And so you didn't want to throw them away. So I'd always just throw right. them in the passenger seat floor. <laughs> and I can remember times where like people would get in and there, I mean, the floor would be filled to the seat level. Yeah. With like empty packs of cigarettes <laughs> and like trash and stuff. And I just, yeah, I think it just, it just drives me a little crazy now. What else do you have? Anything the else? The last thing that drives me nuts, and I think it's something that I do as well. So it's a pet peeve that I do as well as one that drives me crazy when it happens is I hate it when you're talking to somebody and they're trying to multitask and they won't finish their sentence, right? So you're trying to have hold a conversation with somebody and they'll be like, yeah, there was this one, this one thing. I do that at work all the time, and right. yeah, I, I hear you, and I catch myself doing it. Fortunately, I've got some guys that I work with that call me out call on you it. On? Yeah, for yeah. sure. In fact, one guy, if I start doing it, he'll say, well, tell me when you're ready to have this conversation, <laughs> yes. and he'll walk away, right. and, and that, it's awesome. Right. I think and it's that, great. Yep, I do that, too. Yeah, and then, I, of course, I get a little fired up at the time, but <laughs> right, right. it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm the one being the jerk here, so he's fully in the right, and yeah. Then, yeah, it drives yep. me nuts. The last one I have on my list is bad tippers. Oh, I hate bad tippers. People that I'm with. Oh, man. Because I consider myself to be a very good tipper, mm-hmm. and it's I've kind of evolved into this, sure. and this is from years of, I was a bartender for a couple of years i've got a lot of friends that have worked in the service industry Mm -hmm. and i just know that they work hard for their money and oftentimes there are things that happen in the restaurant business that is outside of the control of the server at the table sure that said there are some things that i look for that if there's poor service i'll call it out and i'll there'll be a little bit less but at the bare minimum i start at 15 percent. yeah i mean it would have to be like terrible service Right. I'll give. I'll still give fifteen percent. Right. Yeah. For somebody that comes and develops a good rapport with yep. me, or anticipates and fills my drink yes, before I have to ask for it. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, so just simple customer delighters, we'll call them. You do yeah. a, do a few of those, and you're going to get starting at twenty five percent and up. And up. Yeah, so there, there, there have been times when I've actually, and I'm not doing this to pat myself on the sure. back. I think everybody should do this. Yeah. Tip the bill. 
I mean, yeah, if, absolutely. If, if, you, if you get somebody that does an, a bang out job on serving you for yep. your food, they're not making a ton of money. Yeah. Help them I mean, out. They're, most of the time, they're making below minimum wage. Right. Well, it's a different minimum wage in the state of Wisconsin. Sure. Well, they that's do what it, I'm saying, right? Yeah. yeah, they do it differently. Minimum right. wage, they calculate in what, what you would expect to get tips for are, tips, which, which right. in this day which and age may or may never not enough. work. Right. right. So it's the the stingy people, and this is I've always heard of the Sunday after church crowd being notorious for mm-hmm. being bad tippers sure. i strive being one of those sunday <laughs> church sunday crowd church people, right. and, and and somebody that <laughs> regularly goes to church and uh, it's a big part of my life yep, right i strive to not fit into that stereotype Absolutely. i don't want to be the well 10 is good enough for god 10 right. is good enough for right. the servant no right. it's not how it works right. we're called to be generous in all yep, areas yep. of our life and that you know it kind of bleeds into so that so do you so when you're out with someone who's a bad tipper do you call, I leave extra. Do you call them out on or you just leave extra? No, I leave extra. That's what I do too. So I'll do the same. I won't like make a huge scene about it. If, I'll just reach into my pocket and throw some cash. Have you ever been caught doing that by the person that is the bad tipper? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a good opportunity to tell them they're idiots. Yeah, except when it's somebody, yeah, I'm not going to go into <laughs> We're not going to call anybody out? No, we're not going to call anybody out. But That's probably good. Yeah, I've, I've gotten the stink eye from people for, yeah. for doing this, and I'm like, eh, whatever, we'll leave it yeah. at that. Yeah, yeah. All right, do you have anything else? I don't. Those are, I mean, that's, again, I, you know, if we're going to move from pet peeves into, like, why I hate people, I'm sure we could talk for, uh, for days. <laughs> but those are some fun little pet peeves that I have. So right. I think that wraps up this episode four. Thanks again for listening and sticking with us. We've got a, a lot of people that are providing us feedback and, yeah. and comments and uh, in person and, you know, via text messages, yep. those of you who have uh, reached out to us directly. We are on all forms of social media. If you'd like to please visit our website, twobeardsplease.com. Yep. It's links to all of our areas you could listen. We've got Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, uh, iTunes, Google Play, um, Google Play, yep. and you know, obviously, you can listen to us there. So listen to the full episode, the audio-only episode. But you know, we really like to try to get snippets out on on YouTube. We yep. recognize that that's obviously a great platform. We clip it um, out and we we go on YouTube. So check yeah, us so out check there. those out. Make sure you subscribe and ring the bell. Ring the bell. We got a bell. <laughs> The other thing that we really enjoy and we really, really appreciate is uh, leaving good ratings on those different platforms. Leave, um, you know, five-star ratings, if you would, please. Leave uh, comments, write uh, reviews. It really helps us out. It helps Um, get us out there. Uh, Yeah, you would be surprised at what a good rating and a good review um, will do. The other thing we love is comments on our social media. So find us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. It's all at Two Beards, please. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Yeah, let us know what your pet peeves are. If you have any ideas for the show, please reach out and let us know. I mentioned in the last episode, we do have a list that we're working off yep. of, but yeah, we want to kind of cater to our audience a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody again and have a great month and we'll talk to y'all in episode five. See you later. Support for Two Beards, Please provided by Cedarburg Associates at Thriven Financial. While others see money as a goal, Cedarburg Associates see it as a tool for serving God, family, and community. Find out more by contacting Cedarburg Associates at 262-421-5467 or by emailing cedarburgassociates at thrivent.com.